When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. That is hammered. Oh, my. Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. You know, anything travels that far ought to have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? This is a simple game. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. You got it! You're listening to The Roundtable with Grant Brisby, Andy McCullough, and Mark Carrig on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 67 of The Roundtable. I'm Grant Brisby. Here's Dana McCullough and Mark Craig. Uh, Mark, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? Good. Uh, the outfit. Uh, you're going full. Brad Wilkerson. Who are you? Who are you doing today? Who's your expo? Who's your guy? We'll call it that. Steve sure. Rogers. I don't know. Who's your guy? Do you just want me to name a random expo? Please. Larry Walker. It's not really random. He's a Hall of Famer. But what about yeah. Fernando Seguinal? Like, or what was that guy's name? Seguinal. I'm going to take your word for it. Fernando Pafatiganol? Didn't Oil Can Boyd play in Montreal? Yeah. Jeff Reardon played there too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Andy, how you doing? I'm okay. You know, I'm all right. Just, you know, Philadelphia Eagles won last night. Unstoppable juggernaut, you know, have beaten every team that doesn't employ Patrick Mahomes. So since Mahomes retired or... I don't know. I assume the Taylor Swift thing will take down the Chiefs. Um, so that's really my best hope for, for this uh, winter. Who would be the funniest baseball player to be dating Taylor Swift? Like who just in general would be the funniest? Daniel player? Vogelbach. <laughs> that would be so awesome. See? S- Swifties are just parsing like Daniel Vogelbach star charts and, you know, talking about, oh, that would be good. That would be good. Producer Brian says Baumgartner. Bumgarner, yeah, <laughs> Cody a, Bellinger would be funny, but Vogelbach, yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty strong, pretty strong. I think I, maybe like Jose Altuve, maybe Kike Hernandez. Like we're talking like a guy who's like Taylor Swift has a couple inches on. I think that would be pretty cool as a, as a you know short guy. I think that would be cool. Yeah, it's uh, look look you know Twitter or whatever whatever Twitter's you know sort of back sort of not, I don't know like it's funny it's whatever the CIA is doing a great job. Like, they're doing a great job just diverting us from whatever is actually going on with this, for sure. Grant, didn't Ron Hassey play for the Expos? I'm sorry. I just still cut. (laughs) Bill Lasky played for the Expos. No, no, Ron Hassey, the catcher, the left-handed hitting catcher. Did he not play for the the, um, Expos? Boy, I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of tops commons on the brain, but that one eludes me. Okay. I'll have to Google it later. Sorry. So it's the end of the season. We've got... uh, uh, less than a week left. We're going to talk a little awards. And I'll start by saying that it, 
I wrote the NL West for, uh, part of the power rankings this week. And let me just explain a little bit of how the sausage is made. Uh, I don't care about writing the power rankings. I mean, like, you know, I put my heart, I put, I try and make them readable. Come on, Mark. Don't, like, I, I, I have fun with it. I have fun with it. But at the same time, like. You kind of exclusively use it to help gamble on baseball. Well, I mean, that's for sure. That's for sure. What's but, the matter but, with you guys? Like, I mean, seriously, <laughs> stop it. God. <laughs> Stop. No, I'm teasing. You can tell when I when you're reading the power rankings that I'm having fun and I'm trying to entertain. We're having fun, damn it. <laughs> I wrote uh, just like it was I was getting to the Dodgers and we were the the gimmick is that we we're handing out awards to every player. Some of them are serious, some of them are not. And I just offhandedly said that Mookie Betts is, you know, maybe deserving of the MVP. Uh-oh. Braves fans came after me. Braves wow. fans are Furious if you suggest that anyone other than Acuna is the MVP. And I was surprised by that because I was just, it was more of a way to point out that Mookie Betts is, is good, you know? Uh, but boy, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. So let's start with NL MVP talk because uh, as of this writing, war is not so specific that you can go 0.1 and really care about it. Mookie Betts, 8.1. Acuna, 8.0. Uh, I don't care about that difference. It's, you know, you can make it up through defense or stolen bases or what have you. I don't know. I, I think this is a coin flip for me. Really, a coin flip. I think Acuna, he's got the stolen bases, but he also has a bunch of caught stealings. Mookie Betts is the better defender. I don't know. I'll let you guys decide. I'm going to make three points that are going to get increasingly more milk toast. Maybe not. I don't know. One, I don't vote. Two, Mookie Betts should win. Three, Acuna's going to win. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. Except right? for the part where you don't rock the vote. I don't vote. No, that's no. no. MTV I, I, told, told us to rock the vote. <laughs> I mean, rock the damn vote. No, I, I think you're right. I think, well, I, the argument for Betts, right, just just to be clear, like, because look, Acuna's having, Acuna's awesome, like, he's going to win, probably, he's totally deserving, it's, he's similar to last year when Aaron Judge was, like, the story of the season, uh, in, in a way that kind of eclipsed what Shohei Otani, Otani did, which was probably more statistically valuable, obviously. Acuna's been the story of the season in the National League. He's done a, he's done a sort of round-numbered statistical achievement, you know, the 40-70 thing that's never been done before. It's captivating. He's an eight-win player on the best team in the sport. So, like, awesome. Good for him. Great year. I think if, if they're both equal – and since their hitting is fairly close, like very close, I think that Betts would get tipped the scale for me with just his ability to play the field, to play second base, and the way that you know he's able to credibly move around, you know, two positions, and in a pinch he can play shortstop. You know that tips it slightly towards Betts. Most people are, you know, I would assume that Acuna is going to win, probably get like twenty of the thirty votes, and like whatever, that's awesome, good for him. He had a great year. That's about right. Yeah, I can't argue with any of that. I think the the defensive versatility would tip it a little bit. And I put that in the power rankings, uh, which I want to just clarify. I really care about the power rankings, uh, specifically the the order, the specific order in which the teams were arranged. I I put that in there and people are like, you know, shut up. No, it's Acuna. It's stolen bases. It's this. Shut up, Grant. Shut up. Once someone says shut up, what can you do? But I, I think Betts is just, yeah. But what, I'm not going to parse this, and I'm glad I don't have to, to be honest. I mean, this is so obviously Acuna's award. Whoa! He's doing things that have never been done before. Goodness, for a team that's probably one of the best we're going to see, and he plays every day. And yeah, he beats like you in a hundred different ways. 
That is true. But you know what? It's like it's easier he's, to steal than it so, used to. So be. he's he's playing the game that he can go play. So I I don't know. Like you, you look at at this guy and and Acuna is a nightmare for opponents. It's an absolute nightmare. And and we're gonna see it now. The playoffs it doesn't count for for these awards. But when the playoffs start, you're gonna see just how much of a pain in the ass this guy is going to be for whoever the Braves are playing. That's not to say that Mookie isn't either. I mean, Mookie Betts is unbelievable, and I think that is his best argument. And you guys have mentioned it: the fact that he can play two different spots credibly. That's a big deal. That said, what the other guy's doing is just, I don't know, that's next level stuff to me. And and it it checks all the boxes. The performance is there. It all adds up statistically. He's doing something without precedent. And on top of it, like as far as just the eye test and subject subjectively watching the guy take over games is a lot of fun. So he's sort of what you envision in an MVP player. Looks the part, plays the part. It's sort of hard to argue. Um, although, I mean, again, like Betts is great and all that, but I think it's more a thing of, I think Acuna has just been that good. That like when you watch him, it's so clear. Like, oh my God, this is, when you think of an MVP, this is the type of player that you sort of imagine. I feel like that with Mookie Betts. I, when I watch Mookie Betts, because I see him a little bit more often on Giants-Dodgers, I just, this guy's the best, best, son of a, son of a gun, you know? He makes me say son of a gun to the TV. He is the baseball player you would select if you, with the first pick, if you needed to win a game tonight. Well, he's probably the smartest player in the sport. If you need to win a game tonight, I think it is Mookie Betts for me. Is that weird? I don't think so. No. Yeah. I mean, it, it, but it's like, but Acuna might be like the second pick. I don't know. Framing it that way, I'd still probably take Acuna, to be honest with you. It's crazy. I mean, it really is like, I'm lo- I just looked at it now. Like, Betts has 1,000 OPS. Acuna has 1,010 OPS. <laughs> They're both 167 OPS plus, right? Like, uh, Acuna's played a week's worth, week more of games, which actually is, I you know, you could, if you wanted to argue against it, right? Like, that kind of tips, that takes away a little bit of the defensive utility. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean... I feel like this is an interesting sort of new – we're in a new realm of, uh, of MVP debates, right? Because as, you know, like we all think back to what's like the, you know, from our – of our era, what is the classic MVP debate, right? It's, it's Trout versus Cabrera. Cabrera. Mm-hmm. In, in which you were just like – you had to like pretend that Miguel Cabrera sucked to make your point. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you had to just be like, he can't play third base, you know, like do – you know, stuff like that. Uh, when it was really just like, I don't know, you're not going to convince people that like a triple crown is less valuable than so whatever like if you have like if you're really far on one side of this outside of like being partisan and just like wanting your player the player you root for to win like you're kind of i don't know man like this is a tough like it's these guys are really close whoever wins is going to be deserving and it's probably going to be acuna and good for him this is perfect symmetry uh because we can just go right on to the al mvp discussion where (laughs) it's clearly alex vertigo right Alex Verdugo. Damn it. Alex Vertigo. Vertigo. I did it again. I've done that before in this podcast. Verdugo. I don't say that name a lot. But uh, the, the Red Sox are getting an MVP. Well, the joke's fucked now. So let's just... Uh, <laughs> no. Let's just let's actually go serious and talk about the AL MVP. You got a, a couple of Rangers. Uh, you got Shohei, who... I don't know. How much do you debit this last month of non shohiness from his case? You know, you could say Corey Seager, 
right? Corey Seager's been incredible. He's going to play like 120 games, right? He was injured. So like the fact that he was healthy at the, like, I don't know. I feel like for as long as Otani does both, right? At the level that he's done it, he kind of has to default to being the MVP unless someone does something really crazy like hit 62 home runs on a, a, you know, a record we all totally cared about um, before last year. It just has to be Otani. He's a, he's a 10 win player. So we're two awards into this, and what do we got? We got like 12 minutes. We got to fill like 30 minutes, guys. We They can't all be this easy, or else we're going to be talking like comeback player of the year or something. The NL Cy Young, we could do 45 That's minutes. That's a and, train it'll take wreck. It's yeah, a the NL Cy wreck. Young is, is a nightmare. Oh, my God. It is awful. Like, looking at it last night, like, and I'd sort of been somewhat paying attention to it, but I'm like, oh, my gosh, somebody's going to get screwed hard. Like, I mean, there's some really compelling cases for these guys here. So, I I mean, you know, your boy Webb, man, he's got 216 innings and might not win this thing. And then good ones and, and might not win it because they don't win enough, Andy. Like, I mean, he's got a losing record and it's going to hurt him with some of these voters. And, yeah, no, it's because he should win his games. Here we go. Did you catch last night? Did you catch me? <laughs> a head-to-head matchup with Blake Snell. Blake Snell, pitch seven, good strong innings. Uh, Giants still haven't scored a run off him this year, which is impressive. Uh, but he didn't pitch the eighth or the ninth. The Giants actually scored two runs. Logan Webb pitched the whole game, baby. He pitched the whole game. He wanted nice. to win that game. He got the win. He got the win. I mean, it sounds like he probably should have tried that play <laughs> earlier in the year. He did actually against the Rangers, and it didn't work out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Who's going to finish second in the American League MVP? Is it Seager? Could yeah, be Gunnar Henderson. Could be could be Seager. I, I mean, we got Marcus Simeon. I think is he's getting a lot of his war from his defense, which generally doesn't translate to uh, those MVP stats. Boy, I didn't realize that Wander Franco had such a high war. Oh, hmm. too soon. All right, I think Gunnar Henderson though. Jesus, that got that got no laughs. Fuck, <laughs> Brian, you might want to. <laughs> <you might, laughs> Oh, Woo, tough room. Tough Woo. room. Mm. My goodness. But yeah, Seager's, Seager's solid. I mean, I know he's missed time, but he's so, he's been so good for them. Uh, you know, they give you one thing to consider when you vote for MVP. One. It's the only guidance they give. Game is played. Really? Like, no, seriously. It's no. true, yeah. It's true. It's, true. it's the only, yeah, well, you know. Wow. What? They they didn't send those ballots to the Usenet group, okay? So, <laughs> yeah. like, so, yeah. Sorry, sorry. They didn't have Grant's mom's basement's address. <laughs> no, sir. I had thoughts, though. Pull them up on Twitter. You, no, you name a like, year, I got thoughts. <laughs> for oh, real, I that's the it. only thing they tell you is games played. And I always, for me, when I voted, I always gave it more weight because of that. So if you look at the American League side, I mean Julio Rodriguez is a hundred and you know forty nine games. He end up playing a hundred and whatever fifty something games this year. Simeon's in the same boat. So like you know, I think you could make an argument that it's those types of guys, the dudes who posted, especially if the guy who won it is going to play buck thirty five, but was a ten win player, right? Like so, if we're talking about second place, I think it's the guys who posted. So I kind of took that you know for the other awards too. Like, I just think posting is important. So, like, when I when I look at this mess of the NL Cy Young, I'm looking at innings pitched, right? It's our web stands out to me. He's so far ahead of the pack. 
I like using innings pitch not because I'm a big fat homer, but just because you're thinking about Blake Snell as being Blake Snell on an island. If you're comparing him to someone who's got substantially more innings, it's Blake Snell plus Robert Suarez or Blake Snell plus the guys who are coming in after him. And is that going to be the, you know, the Cy Young winner? I I don't know. I think Blake Snell is a perfectly fine Cy Young winner. I don't necessarily care about FIP or expected stats as much as ERA when it comes to, you know, retroactively awarding a season. If you've got an ERA that's .01 and your FIP is four, I don't care. I'm giving it to the guy with the .01 ERA. You know, he also leads the league in walks. He's got 180 innings instead of 216 innings. It, it I, he's going to win. I think he's going to win, but uh, it's close. Snell. You think Snell will win, yeah. And you know what? I know he's been the favorite as far as Vegas goes, and that's been all the talk. And I agree with you on that point, Grant. I, I don't really care about what should have happened, and that's what we're talking about with, like, FIP. I care about what actually happened, and that's what the ERA says, all right? Now, that said, like, Man, it's if you just take away all that and, and look at the innings, like you say, like he's sort of on the lower end. If you look at like his value just on straight wins above replacement, he's well below the, the rest of that pack. Now, some of that is like, you know, the other guys have thrown more innings. So obviously that, that it's a counting stat and whatever, but... But you're looking know. at Fangraphs. Fangraphs is talking yeah. about what what you know should have happened. Baseball Reference, yeah. he's he's leading. Yeah, you know, he's got it a right. little bit. Uh, and you're talking about how Vegas is talking about. It. Boy, don't I know it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like it's such a weird, you know, thing. I, I don't know. I, Snell, you know, he's got the two two point two five ERA, right? Like that's like literally a full run lesser than Webb. Right. It's, it's like that's straight up full. And that's really impressive. So I guess like what I'm saying is that that should feel pretty straight up. But for me, it doesn't, <laughs> you know, like it, it's hard for it to be straight up when you see some of these other guys who are right. Like you can look at the numbers, but they also just sort of pass the test when you watch him. Right. Like Spencer Strider looks like someone who should have a Cy Young award. Like he goes out there and misses a ton of bats and is dominant. Um, you know, Zach Wheeler snuck up on everybody again. Another, like, great season from him. He won't win it, but, like, you know, he, he, again, he's put himself in the running. You know, your boy Zach Gallen has 17 wins. so Over 200 uh, innings. I mean, is he at, Yeah, yeah, he just, he just crossed over. Exactly. So, I mean, dude, impressive for a team that's in the hunt. That drives people crazy when, 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 you know, you look at team performance in these things. But I feel like when you got a bunch of people clustered together, you sort of have to. You know, like it becomes a tie. It's like the number one tiebreaker to me is if you got some people are kind of close. I would say, well, how, what in what context did they do this? Well, I think playing for something is important in that regard. And, and that's a, that's a check in, in Gallon's favor right there. I think it's funny how when we talk about most valuable player, you always add in a little bit of that context. Well, they were going for a postseason spot or they were doing this or, you know, the, here's here's how he changed the game when he was playing. Whereas with pitchers, it's just, oh, what are the stats? You know, because it's not the most valuable pitcher. It's it's you know, very much an individual award. But I think that hoses someone like uh, Webb where 
his team had a two-man rotation or a three-man rotation for a chunk of the season. And if he's out there doing a five-and-dive, his team is screwed up in so many different ways. And that's not fair, I think, to to have a pitcher and say, we're kind of relying on you to pitch all these innings. He did it, and he didn't. I think that should count a little bit. That's because I'm a raging homer. But also the context in which he's doing it was very important to the Giants. I guess the counter would be, though, like, are you dinging someone who pitches on a team that knows they're going to be playing in the postseason that has a decent bullpen who takes someone out after six innings rather than pushing them through eight because you know what I mean? Like we don't, there's no, there are no longer pitchers who you can just dial in for seven innings a night, except for, you know, Webb pretty much has been one of those guys, but like there are a lot of teams who, if the team is good and the bullpen is good, they will often go six and just take him out. Like Strider is a good example, right? Why would we push him, you know, here in August when we know we're going to need him in October? Whereas, you know, in the case of like Sandy Alcantara last year or Logan Webb this year, it's like we need to push him, you know, in Webb's case because like we need to get to October or in Alcantara's case, it's like, I don't know, just let him go. He's awesome. He's our best player. I, I just, I don't know. It's like because these standards have changed because teams – manage pitchers differently it's become a very challenging award you know but at the same time like strider's got a 380 ra that's too high to win the cy young award you know like he's awesome you know he's gonna like he you know he's gonna pitch in the postseason and like he he does incredible like he's, he misses tons of bats he's got a bright future ahead of him but like having closer to a four than a three like he just he can't dude's got 19 he wins you hypocrite <laughs> yeah he's a great pitcher <laughs> Like he wins his game. What the hell else do you want from him? Bust your table like too? To suppress, Are you kidding? Suppress He's got 19 more. freaking wins. He's got 274 strikeouts. That is wild. That's and bananas. 19 wins. This is outrageous. What? This, you, is, this outrageous. is outrageous, Andy. You're the one that like went to bat for wins. Are you gonna have to like say that the 19 game winner doesn't deserve a Cy Young award because of his ERA? Like, what is this stat nerd stuff? I don't Stop get doing it. a bit. I don't like it when you do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't like it when you do that. I'm sorry. Only, we've only got enough room on this podcast for so much nonsense. Oh my god, Andy, I'm sorry. I'm so that's like twice in the last month that I've I've got him on a bit. I'm sorry. You know what I was thinking about is I was at the Death Cab uh, Postal Service show, and uh, and I was imagining you know like me going there and loving Ben Gibbard's music is like when uh, is like when people tweet at Jason Isbell to sort of be like be like uh, be like do you mind if people don't agree with your politics but they like your music like that's like me being like wins matter at the Death Cab show he's like it's so embarrassing that this guy's here yeah. anyway that's uh, kind of it's a little inside you are uh, no- yeah I like it I think Snell is going to win. Because he has the simplest case. He's won it before, which helps his case. Uh, he has a two-two-five. I don't know if I would vote for him. I think that I would probably... Oh. 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 I think that I would vote for Logan Webb. <laughs> An 11-game winner with a sub-500 record. Yeah, let's let's talk about uh, what the Giants have done in those games uh, that he pitches. It's uh, it's not pretty. Maybe I would vote for Gallon. I don't know. 
It's really tough. It's so hard. It's so it's so much harder to vote for than it was however many years ago when it was like, hey, look, we got five awesome guys. You know, hey, Cliff Lee, Roy Halladay, Clayton Kershaw, they all made 34 starts this year, right? And he, and they all surpassed 200 innings, and they all had a sub-225 two, 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 ERA. Well, just, you know, tote up, like, which one of these do you like? You know, like 20, 2015, you got – Jake Arrieta, Zach Greinke, you know, Clayton Kershaw. And they, like, they all kind of did the same thing uh, or at least had the same type of restrictions or whatever. And you could just decide at the end, like, all right, they ran a race and here's who ran it the best. Now it's like I don't know, one guy's running a race, one guy's running a marathon, one guy's doing the steeplechase. Like, you know, it's just <laughs> who the heck knows. Yeah, it, I kind of like it. I, I like that sort of debate. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Since this is such a mess, I'm just curious. What is the pool of players in this in this group where you could justify a first place vote for? Like, let's start there. Like, oh, okay. like you, you know what I mean? Because there are gonna be guys who are good, but like if you had an actual ballot in your hand, you'd be like, mm, I don't know, that's a first place vote guy. All right, I think we could agree that like, okay, you've said Webb, you've said um, Snell, right? Just because he's won Snell. it and like he's got the yes. lowest ERA of the group. All right. Who else? Okay, that's so we got two guys. Who else would justify first place vote? Wheeler, Gallon, Wheeler, Gallon. So that's four. Strider, Strider's five. Strider, uh, Justin Steele, Steele. So uh, we got six dudes. Steele, I don't think you could. We got five point five dudes that you could justify for a first place vote. Good luck. And then when you look at those, what is now we got? Okay, five point five. Let's just throw them in. Six guys. Okay, half a dozen pitchers that you could. See, getting a first place vote, the only one that hasn't pitched in like actual like for stakes is the dude who's probably going to win the thing, Blake Snow. <laughs> I mean, he's the only one. Well, like they're, of the six yeah. guys, they've all pitched in. So, I mean, Webb. Well, okay, Webb, but like you know, you know, they were in it a lot longer than the Padres were. Okay, so like I, I mean, dude, six guys could get a first place vote. The guy who's probably going to win it, the guy who's the odds-on favorite in Vegas to win it. Has <laughs> it hasn't pitched for for you know in a game that mattered in like five weeks? Well, the Padres might be the third best team in the National League, so you never know. But yes, I generally don't give a rat when it comes, especially Cy Young. Like even MVP, it's like I, I always have that thing. You're telling an Angels fan that Shohei Otani doesn't have value to them? How dare you? Because <laughs> he does have value to Angels baseball writ large. Uh, I think that it has a very specific kind of value. But when it comes to the pitchers, it's just who, because it's such a singular activity, who was out there pitching the best? To me, is is how that works. Uh, in When I bring in the context about Webb, he's shouldering more of the load. Yeah, that's like a cherry on top. That's a, that's a, that's a, a, I don't know. But when you say out there pitching the best, right, they're doing different things. They have different assignments, you know. Strider has a different assignment 
than than Logan Webb. You could justify voting for Strider just because it's the first time, I don't know, it's the first time someone has thrown 180 innings, like, essentially at with reliever rate stats, it seems like. So, like, that is, you know, that's impressive. But he also, he is a 3-8. It's just, it's just too high for me. We should get Spencer Strider on this podcast, and all four of us, and we can just talk indie rock the whole time. Like, he... You know, because you've seen a spreadsheet where he's talking strokes. And he's got every strokes album ranked and rated and stuff. And we're just—I'm the one who first wrote about his stroke stuff. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's man. right. That's right. That's right. What? Mar- oh, the Strokes were a band, Mark. Oh, okay. I'll Google it. <laughs> yeah, Google, Google the Strokes um, with like some <laughs> other word. Grant, man. Yeah, Grant. Like seriously, let's keep, let's keep it like PG thirteen <laughs> around. Like last just going today. your happy Grant's ending just... freaking line at the end of the podcast. Oh my <laughs> god. god, man! Yeah. Grant's trying to torpedo all of our careers and also just get out his bad, uh, you know, five minutes of improv. It's good stuff. <laughs> all right, uh, give me a profession. Uh, baseball writer. That's me doing nothing, right? See that? <laughs> that's, that's me during the postseason when just, the Giants are out. I'm just letting, letting the world oh. come to me. No, I gotta so be, I'm going to be live blogging like the NLCS. Yeah. Oh, that's that's serious. That's yeah. yeah. We so needed a voice, that. so we settled for Grant. <laughs> Damn, I said that out loud. I shouldn't be talking about meetings like that on, openly <laughs> in the podcast. We scanned the company far and wide for a distinct voice who we could use for this. But Rosenthal was occupied, so we got Grant. We got Grant. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll reference, like, uh, what are those commercials, Vagger commercials from, like, six years ago? Remember, the, like, the, the the British chick that would come on and be like, Fellas, how are you doing there in the bedroom? You know, remember that? I'll, I'll make references to those commercials. What kind of shit do you watch? The postseason. That was They're, in the postseason? Dude, I don't know if you know this about baseball's demographic, uh, <laughs> but fellas need help out there. And they Wait, were, one of those sponsors us, don't they? Uh, Roman, for a while, I was reading all sorts of podcast ads. Uh, I think it was like two years ago where I was just like, fellas, are you? You know. <laughs> And I would lean into it a little bit because what are you going to do? I, I, I don't know. Andy, did you ever have to read a Roman ad? I think I did once. Because you seem like you would get the ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I offered to do it in various impressions and they made me do it as myself. So that was kind of frustrating. Producer Brian confirms I did have the ass whenever that happened. Yeah. One of these days, I don't know if it's appropriate for public consumption, but uh, did you guys ever read my tweet thread on Delta 8? So we we read ads for uh, CBD, the CBD company, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 and yeah. so they sent a box to me, and I don't necessarily do CBD or whatever. I was like, okay, you know, maybe it's supposed to work for knee pain and insomnia and uh, you know ingrown toenails and whatever. So I took one, and apparently there's something called Delta Eight, which is just like legal weed under a weird name. And I didn't realize it. And so I was on the couch, like, flopping around. I missed my daughter's back-to-school night. <laughs> Bad oh, news. no. Bad That's a great news. ad read there, Grant. Yeah. Uh, so. What are you guys watching the final week of the regular season, huh? How about that? Wait. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. We're not done. No, no. We're not done yet. We're not and that done. Was the, and that was the most uncomfortable segue, Andy. I could see him just like squirming a little bit. Have we not covered National League Manager of the Year yet? I can't. Oh. I can't. So who finishes who second to Buck Showalter? Is that, who's <laughs> playing for second for Buck? Because like Buck, once again, like the team sucks. 
They break the whole thing down. They play uninspired baseball. And now there's story after story about how none of it's his fault. They should be back. So, like, to me, that's the manager of the year. He, he has found a way to make it not his fault again, man. Congratulations to Buck. I wish him nothing but success. I thought it'd be five, I think, for him. They should just name the award after him at this point, the Buck Showalter Award. As a voter for the National League Manager of the Year, I have no comment. Are you really? They let you do that? Wow. The using that dorks must be stoked for you. I'm on I'm on the other side of the rope, baby. <laughs> I got all sorts of stats that I'm using, things you haven't heard of. You ever heard of FPR6? Yeah, that's what I'm using, baby. Wow. Was that like another ad read? Says Kapler's the best. <laughs> that's why he was flopping around on the couch during back-to-school night. <laughs> I will be curious to see what the Mets do with Showalter. I can see the arguments for keeping him and that there is a lot more to be done with the sort of big league roster, with the infrastructure, with all that. Uh, but the obvious arguments for moving on are, you know, Mark articulates them every week on this show. Are, so I was going to uh, say, or did we really segue from awards no, into no. Buck Showalter? I regret it already. He'll be I mean, back look, it's next our last year. regular season pod of the year. Like, we might he'll, as well, you know, play He'll be hits. back next year. He should be. There, I said it. It's fine. He should be. He should be. Let's move to rookie of the year. Corbin Carroll. All right. Yeah, that, Corbin Carroll, Gunnar Henderson. Next. Oh, yeah, son of a... Would, whose idea was it to do an award show? I also mentioned that we could talk about, like, the races. Fine. Like, w- w- like politics? No. Not those. I'll tell you this. The Blue Jays cannot stop winning since Ken Rosenthal put out there that I called them paper tigers back in April. So that's awesome. <laughs> Ken loves this, like little, uh, oh man. I've been hung out to dry by a, a small man who drives a hard bargain. I'll tell you what. He's just like a bow-tied fella swinging at a pinata right now. And you're the pinata. <laughs> like, and he loves it. Like, he lo- he, you can tell there's joy every time he references it. He was like, Andy's a genius. And then they go on like an eight-game winning streak. And he goes, hey, remember that idiot who had that point that I brought up last week? Yeah. He screenshot in Canada, why don't you tell this moron? <laughs> Meanwhile, the Blue Jays are, you know, cruising into the last wild card spot. So that's cool. That's cool. I think that the Astros should have been eliminated from postseason contention when they got, when they got swept by the Royals at home. You know what I mean? Like automatic. Just like we see the standings, but there should be some claws that just like a trap door opens up and they go. Foom. I talk about this team all the time, but the the and we should get a bell for the 2014, 2015 Royals and also the 2018 Dodgers. This Astros team, they mm-hmm. remind me of the 2018 Dodgers. where mm-hmm. It's just like they know how good they are and they just kind of like keep tripping over their own feet. And look, they've got like a game and a half, it looks like, right now over Seattle. You know, they crushed Luis Castillo last night. They look terrifying when they're right. I mean, they had Justin Verlander go out there and shove against essentially in a, you know, an essentially a postseason game. The lineup is great. You know, like they've got, you know, they've got deep, dangerous, like, uh, lineup. They've got, you know, seasoned hitters, all that stuff. No one wants to play them. And they also might not make the tournament. I mean, it's just, and, and it's like they know all these things. They know how good they are. They know that they can sort of turn it on. And to what, like, to know that the team who probably, who I think there's a really good chance will represent the American League in 
the World Series in like a month, got swept by the Royals a week ago. Like you would understand that if you watched the 2018 Dodgers every way, every every day, like I did. Yeah, I mean that's a great comp, and I think they are very. I was joking around on Twitter the other day about, oh, the the Padres are the team you don't want to play in the postseason. They're not going to make the postseason. But anyway, the the Astros truly are the one that I feel like you, you should be terrified if that's your draw. If they make the tournament and you're facing them, scary stuff because they can turn it on. Like Andy said, when they're on, they look great. We've seen it like that all year. You know, earlier in the year it was like injuries. I went through a bunch of stuff. Then, then, and I find odd about this season, and and maybe it's just recency bias because I'm sure this happens every year, but it feels like every team in this wild card race. Within the last six weeks, you could Google the team name and the word collapse, and a bunch of stories <laughs> yeah, have come yeah. up. Like, yeah. everybody's taking turns shitting the bed. And again, I- I'm sure that happens to some extent every year, because it's baseball. But damn, it is really noticeable this year, right? Like, how many of these teams have we buried, right? Oh, they're done. The Diamondbacks took their turn. The Rangers took their turn. The Jays took their turn. The Reds, because Astros were just, just recently in it. Where, where it's like, oh, this is a collapse. Oh, you know, like, and then anyway, it's just, it feels like, and yeah, I have no sense of this is, whether this is true or not, but it just feels like we have watched a bunch of teams collapsed to the point where like, it was like, oh, they're dead and buried, right? Or they're, they're like really strong. They're, they're real trouble. And now they're like, you know, either in wild card position or right there, which is funny to me. It, it's happened in both leagues, a bunch of teams. The extra spot, it just it's more more spots for people to complain about or, or not complain about, but think about contending for. But at the same time, if there were just two wildcard spots, if the format were the old perfect way where you had one game wildcard playoff, it would still be all these teams fighting for. It would just be that you knew the Phillies would be in, but it'd still be the Diamondbacks, Cubs, Marlins, uh, Reds until the Giants messed the bed and then rolled around in it, the Giants. It still would be like this with two wildcards as opposed to three. Three just adds like a safety net that shouldn't be there. I, I don't know. I hate the third wildcard. I'm still, I'm still bitter. It's a problem. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're, it's long term, I think it's going to have a net negative. But at this time of year, it means you can watch games with more, you know, that makes the games a little bit more compelling, I think. Um, you know, it hasn't had a super negative effect on like the postseason or whatever. Um, you know, obviously the Phillies, you know, wreaked a little uh, havoc last year, but they were fun. They had good players, you know, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Like if, if we had two wild cards, right? Like the Mariners would just be out. Like, there'd be four games back with, like, you know, five or six to play. It would just be over. It's now they've got of, something to play for. Yeah, but that's kind of what they deserve. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yes. They've won, like what, they, they have earned. They have earned that. 15? But, like, the Giants would have been out, you know, like, two weeks ago or whatever, right? And so the argument for <sighs> having the third so wild card sweet. is they wanted to force you, you know, like the guy in Clockwork Orange, to have to watch the team for another <laughs> month. But that's right? it. Like, that, so I, I get that. At the same time, Giants fans hated that they had to watch that team with some measure of, like, maybe I'm going to start caring again. Because this is actively not a fun team to watch. And so, you know, Giants fans are bitter. They're sitting there like, I guess I got to watch because they're still contending. And then they're, you know, just, like, doing that to the TV. I haven't listened to KNBR like I normally would like to because, you know, I'm not, I haven't been up late. Could you, like, just in like 15 seconds, describe why exactly Giants fans detest 
this particular team. Like, I mean, detest them. Like, it's not... Grant wrote something really good about this, like, last week, maybe. So, yeah. It's really just... Uh, it's a lot of things. It's the Dodgers are always going to be the Dodgers. You know, they're just going to keep contending and keep uh, pushing it down Giants fans' throats. Uh, it's going to be the heightened expectations of 2021. It's going to be, the, it's not baseball that you're used to where you've got openers two or three times through the rotation. You've got uh, Jock Peterson come up in the fourth in. No, he's getting pinch hit for J.D. Davis because there's a, a couple runners on base. It's It's... A bunch of just average stretched out enough to its breaking point where it becomes it starts to bow like silly putty a little bit below average. Um, there's only so much you can do with this roster, so I don't necessarily get the ooh Kapler oh, but there's a big part of that. I don't know what he's supposed to do with this roster. I mean, have you seen this roster? They've kind of maximized it. It feels like I, but I just, to max to maximize it makes it creates like an. Uh, aesthetically unappealing product. 100%. But I just can't see like Bruce Bochy taking over and be like, well, now we've got nine to five wins, you know? Like, it just come on, it's not going to happen. Anyways, that's why they're so mad. So it's like spare parts baseball. Spare that's, parts that's, baseball. Because the Red Sox are that way too. It's spare part, right? Like, you, uh, it's also slow. The team is the slowest in baseball by a bunch and they strike out a ton. And they're not hitting for the kind of power that, okay, so you strike out, but you're hitting 200 homers. No, they don't have that kind of power either. So it's just like an unappealing aesthetic team. I loved it when you once described, you were like, they strike out all the time and they don't hit the ball hard. It's a really bad combination. Yeah, that is a really bad combination. I mean, yeah, you'll take the strikeouts if they're in service of something. Correct. They're, they're, they're not. You're trading it for something. Yeah. So it's like it's, the plan is to have a bunch of 110 OPS plus guys. And then once you have a bunch of 9,500 OPS guys, it stops working when they can't catch the ball or run the bases and stuff like that. So Yeah, that's frustrating. So congrats. Thank you to the commissioner's office for you know giving you a reason to keep going with this team. But honestly, it's like it makes fans mad that they have to care about this. It, it's, it's a weird, like you looked at when it was proposed, it's like, well, more teams will be caring in the postseason, but you're not accounting for the fans that are really just sort of done with their team and looking at uh, football training camp. And, you know, it's like it's, it, there's an extra bitterness that comes with it. It's almost like people knowing they're getting ripped off but they can't help themselves, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that what it's like? Because yeah. like, you know the team's not good. You know they're probably not going to make the playoffs. And even if they did, they're going to get like run out of there, right? Like you don't, you have no belief in them whatsoever, except the standings are telling you, hey, you should watch this. And then you do. But then the only other thing that you can come back with is the 2014 Giants very much felt like this. Very much limped to the postseason and they were just, they had one pitcher. And what can you do in the postseason when you got one good pitcher, right? But were they hated though, like this? No, it was a little, it was disappointing. You know, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. Um, but you had the success, the recent success that that was a buffer against the anger, uh, anger. Whereas like now it's just like, ah, Kapler and anxiety and money ball and stats, iPads. So it's anti-analytics in some ways. For sure. For sure. Because this is very much a team that relies on analytics in a way that's very visible. Every team relies on analytics, even right, the Royals right, right, now, <laughs> but it's like under the surface and you've got players who are yeah, doing yeah, it worse yeah, with yeah. the giants. You know, it's just, it's so right in front of your face. They're doing like, they're doing like old school analytics. They're doing like, guys, we've got players who we want to face right-handed pitchers. And then we have another group of players who want to face left-handed pitchers. We're going to, Partner them up. We're going to call it a buddy system. 
Okay. <laughs> and when your buddy is in the game, you better make sure that the other pitcher, the pitcher doesn't throw with the hand that you throw with. Because if he does, then you need to shout buddy, because then it's your turn and your buddy has to come off the plate. Right. That's basically every game. That's every game. And then you've got to, uh, Gabe Kapler sitting down talking to Jock Peterson's like, Jock, we want you to play the outfield. And Jock's like, oh, that seems pretty hard. No, that's not hard. Tell him Wash. And Wash is like, uh, it's incredibly hard. God, I love you. that scene. Specifically. That's, what, that's my specifically favorite scene for you, Jock. Yeah. No, that's so good. That's Tell so good. him Wash. It's incredibly hard. Yeah. One day on we Jock. have to talk about uh, how it's ridiculous that Moneyball got made into a watchable movie. Uh, because it's it shouldn't be. That's not a cinematic book. And I get that they did art how dirty and they didn't mention uh, the pitchers who I guess had a little success for the A's. But just to make it into a watchable movie, supremely watchable. I know this is very off topic, but man, is that the most tired argument that I've heard? Like, it's not a goddamn documentary. It's a movie. All right. Like it's a that's not a documentary. Like what what are you guys? I appreciate no. I appreciate it as a movie. That's what I'm saying. I will say the book. Uh, you could probably sneak him in a book. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. You could probably get a little chapter on on the three sure, aces. Sure. Um, but yeah, no. I I think for the movie, like exactly. That's I remember Roger Ebert's review of JFK. He's like, I don't care if this is true. I care about it as a movie. It's a pretty cool movie, and I always loved that review. It really made me rethink how I saw uh, cinema. But it is true that if you talk to baseball people about that movie, the first thing they talk about is Art Howe being done dirty. Ooh. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. Yeah, well, if you talk to like to the the classic baseball man, right, like they'll say that. But if you talk to a baseball player, like, dude, that's where I learned about adapt or die. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. (laughs) All right. This has been episode 67. Uh, we'll be back, I guess, next week. We're talking postseason Next ball. week, yeah. We'll be, wow. uh, I don't know, producer Brian can inform us, but I don't know if we'll be able to get our episode out before the game start that Tuesday. Definitely will be out by uh, Wednesday, so I don't know. The postseason does start on Tuesday, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Who knows? Let's Maybe we'll find a senior writer from The Athletic or you know, a managing editor from The Athletic or whatever Grant does who can tell us. Staff writer. Um, Whatever Grant does. Staff writer is my official title. Keyboard warrior. I was a senior writer at SB Nation. They busted me down when I got fancy. Is that true? Yeah. Come on. Well, we got to rectify that right away. I mean, if it comes with I'm just kidding. I can't Ah, do that. You got me. You got me. (laughs) That's funny. See, you don't like it when Craig does bits, do you? Mm No. It kind of (laughs) hurts. Think about all of the money you could have gotten from that raise, how you could have gambled it on the NL Cy Young. Yeah, as opposed to just gambling it with my own money. Um, Well, I'm not gambling on that stuff. I'm doing like uh, smaller stuff like NL Manager of the Year. Anyways, all right. We Jesus will be back. Next. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Son of a... I don't even know how to place a bet. My gosh. I'm so sheltered. He goes lagging right. again. Oh, stop. He's got now, all the apps on his phone. He's I, play, a I don't. Place a bet. Let he me show you what's on my phone. Panera. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching. <laughs> I'm going to stop recording now. We'll talk about baseball because that's about what we do. I was very wrong.